0: the Lord literally and immediately tell me what I was to preach to this congregation today. It doesn't always happen that way. In fact, most times after a season of prayer, God will give you some direction. But whenever I got off the phone, immediately my mind started, God began to speak and I began to write it down. And so if I ever have felt that I am literally giving you a word from God, I believe that I'm giving you a word from God today. Would you give God praise? Only He can do that. Only God can do that. As you're turning in your Bibles, to John chapter four, verse 16. I wanna say it is my distinct privilege to stand before this great congregation and preach God's word. This church has been blessed with 65 years of ministry and I want us to thank God for the foundation of faith that's been laid through Bishop Haman and Pastor Don Haman. Can we give God praise for a foundation of faith that is strong that is sure, hallelujah. I am filled with expectancy this morning that God is gonna do greater things, if I say greater things, among us than we can imagine. I wanna point this congregation to the spirit of the word of God that offers hope to every hearer. There is nothing like hope. It is electric. It turns the light on. It puts gas in your engine. It causes you to go again. It causes you to believe again. Hallelujah. It puts a pep in your step. And I feel that today. In John chapter four, Jesus is at the well of Samaria And Jesus said to the woman, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have well said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands and he whom you now have is not your husband. In that you did speak the truth. And then in verse 25, the woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, which is called Christ. And when he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus said unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. The hidden secrets of her past met the manifest hope of her future. And her future was greater than her past. I want to preach to this congregation, our future is greater than our past. Our future is greater than our past. If you believe that, would you clap your hands and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah, I know that He can do it. Hallelujah. Before you're seated, would you turn to someone and just tell them that message? Our future is greater than our past. Our future is greater than our past. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe this is a church that every sinner would love to come to. If you believe that, would you clap your hands and say, I believe that? Why would that matter? Because there's nothing so condemning like knowing somebody knows something bad about your past. Can I get an amen? The fear it brings, the trepidation, the worry that something about yesterday will hurt again today and wreck the possibilities of your future. Every one of us have memories of past mistakes that we wish would have never been made. Every one of us have at least one closet with skeletons in it that must be surrendered to God. And this woman at the well of Samaria had a history of failed relationships. The hopes of what could be had long been shattered by the constant disappointments of a wrecked reality. Notice that when Jesus engaged her in conversation, she was full of doubt and distrust. She knew surely this Jew will quickly find fault with me, a Samaritan. She could almost feel the reproach she expected would come from him. And as the conversation unfolded, it went from a drink of water to a well of hope if you knew who was talking to you, you would ask me for water and I would give you water that would make you never thirst again. Do you realize she came in the heat of the day because she wanted to avoid the conversation of the other women in the morning time and the evening time? She came at the most inconvenient hour because she was afraid somebody was gonna remind her about yesterday and how she messed up again and she failed again and you can't ever get it right and you'll never get it right. And since you was a kid, you've been making mistakes. You just might as well get out of here so the Lord says go call your husband I preach this to precious people that when Jesus deals with you he will reveal the source of your weakness he will get personable but notice he never condemned her He did not level an accusation against her. You must be the problem. You've had five husbands. Have you ever noticed that Jesus never condemned her? Amen. He did not discount or he did not sweep under the rug. He told her exactly like it was, but he did not condemn her and tell her that's it. You've messed up and there's no hope for a future. Jesus said, you're right, you've had five. And the one you're with now is not your husband. And she begins to talk about the future. Amen, hoping, amen, that when the Messiah comes, he'll tell us all things. What was she doing? She was doing what some of you and I do. Someday, amen, things are gonna get right. Someday, I'll get it all together someday somebody's coming to be my knight in shining armor they're going to come rescue me I don't know if I'm preaching to anybody who's ever felt like amen it's not totally bad now but it's not as good as it could be and we always project into the future that someday it's going to someday finally at one point hopefully it'll all be alright and then the Lord she points to her future I know that when the Messiah comes, he's gonna make it right. And Jesus says, I that speak to you, Am he? The future was standing before her, confronting her past, not condemning her past, but we have to deal with the past. Amen. And yet it didn't condemn her. It invited her to a future that was filled with hope. She dropped her water pots. Amen. I'm preaching to somebody. Is that your future is greater than your past. You've got to hear this. Think with me for a moment. All through the Old Testament, God was pointing his people to the future. When God slew innocent animals on the heels of man's sin, he was pointing man to Calvary. This is uh, whenever, I'm sorry, whenever he gave Adam and Eve clothes from the slain animals, he was pointing people to a righteous covering that would remove nakedness and shame brought about because of sin. Amen. This, the scriptures continue to point people forward to the time when the Messiah would come. This is why the woman at the well said, I know that when he comes. And she didn't realize that her future was standing before her. My message to many and all of you today is your future is standing before you. And God is able to overcome your past. You cannot bring to God something that is so broken. He says, I can't work with that. He can work with the most messed up situation. He can work with the, the most horrible of sinners. Many of you walked in here this morning and you brought with you the invisible luggage. Luggage from past mistakes burdened down by the baggage of what did not happen in years past and your excuse is I'm too this and I'm too that I'm too wrong to be right I'm too broken to begin again too many excuses all you need is one reason to believe this preacher and here's the reason there is a God and he cares about your future there is a God about your future you're not here by accident but god has directed your steps god has brought you to this present that he might introduce you to a greater future if you believe that would you give god praise my future is greater than my past all of us do it all of us are guilty we look back to, to the past with greater joy. I remember, I remember when, yeah, that time those were good times. Almost contrasting and comparing the present to what was greater. We look back to the past with greater joy rather than looking to the future. We tend to look back in celebration of what God has done rather than looking with anticipation to what God is going to do. Now hear me, to value the future we do not discount the past to value what God is going to do we do not say the past was irrelevant amen I thank God for the foundation of this church you can't see the concrete but had it not been for the concrete amen this thing would have nothing to stand on Thank God for every prayer meeting that has been prayed in this building. Thank God for every fast day that you have taken and elders of the past have taken. Thank God for the sacrifice that has been given. And while we thank God for what has been, I wanna preach to you God has a future that is bigger and brighter than we can comprehend. Let me ask you an honest question this morning. In everything God has done for us, both corporately and individually, can God do greater things than he's already done? Is God limited by the past and said I did my best work as God yesterday? No, God always exceeds himself. Let's think about the nation of Israel. They were delivered out of Egypt. It's arguable to say God did a great work when he gave them the plan to put the blood on the doorpost and stay in the house while the death angel swept through. That was powerful. Somebody say that was powerful. Surely God can't do anything greater than that. But wait, there's more. God led them into the wilderness with a pillar of cloud by day and fire by night. That's pretty awesome. God probably can't top that. But wait, there's more. God brought them to the Red Sea and then through the Red Sea, destroying the Egyptian army behind them. Oh man, that's phenomenal. Surely God can't do anything greater than that. But wait, there's more. God brought them to the mountain of Sinai and there gave Moses the law and the plan for the tabernacle and the ark of the covenant that would dwell among them God revealed himself on top of the mountain in flaming fire and smoke whoa that's amazing somebody shout but wait there's more you need to look at your neighbor and just tell them look tell them wait there's more I'm preaching to this church. All that God has done is good. But wait, there's more. And we're looking ahead saying, God, you did great things in our past, but our future is greater than our past. And I'm looking for that future today. Come on, somebody. There's more for you. There's more for them. There's more for us. I'm gonna be honest with you. That God has dealt with me that in dealing with people that are of other faiths and people that may, amen, they have a measure of devotion. God has told me, amen, to structure my conversation like this when I begin to talk to them. They begin to tell me of their devotion. I belong to this church and and, and I've done this and God has done this. My response to them is not to discount their devotion. They have exemplified to the moment, it's to simply point them to more and say, but wait, there's more for you. There's an Acts 2.38 experience. There's an upper room experience that God wants to give you. Hallelujah, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Would you give God praise for the more that is in front of us? The people of Israel wanted to go back to Egypt. Why? They were afraid of their future. They were afraid somehow that God could not do more than what he had already done. The giants are too tall. Amen. The walled cities are too high. I didn't know they were going to sing the song that they did. But let me just tell you what I've got in my notes right now. It was a spirit of unbelief. They did not believe that God could be greater than he was yesterday. God, could, did, God He did good things in the wilderness but we're talking about unprecedented things and God said I know I brought you out of Egypt and I saw the future before you ever got there but wait there's more I'm God and I can do anything They said we can't do it. And my message to those people is don't tell me he can't do it. Do not tell me God cannot do it. Don't you come preaching a spirit of unbelief. Don't you come preaching that God is too weak. Our God can do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. I got to preach a little bit more here. We tend to measure our future by what we bring God to work with. We tend to think we have to add to what God's doing. We tell God, I'm not tall enough. I'm not strong enough. I've not been good enough. I've got mistakes in my past as though God doesn't already know that. God begins a work in you not based on what you bring him. He begins a work in you based on what he knows he can add to you. Some of you are telling God, God, all oh, I don't have nothing to work with. And God says, that's what I started in Genesis with and that's just enough for me to start again in you. I don't have anything and God said that's perfect. That's exactly the ingredients I need. Can somebody just speak this out? God works best with nothing. Just go to Genesis. You can be seated. I got to preach just a little bit more. Just go to Genesis and look at what God started with. The Bible doesn't say in the beginning, God looked over in this resource pool of water and air and sunlight, and He plucked out a resource of the sun, and He plucked out water, and He didn't know. There was no resource for God to draw on except when God said, Let there be light. The resource suddenly happened. I'm telling this great church, you don't have to bring God something for your future to be better. God can say today, let there be a miracle. Let there be financial provisions. Let there be deliverance. And it will come to pass. Would you give God praise right now? Don't tell me God can't do it. You've come too late to tell me God can't do it. He's already done it. There's already precedent set. God can do anything with nothing and with nobody. The vision that is going to carry us into the future is connecting Christ to our community. We're not going to try and get the community to come here. We're going to go there. We're not going to show up at our job site and say, here I am. We're going to show up at our job site with a passion to find people and we're going to say, there they are. I've been looking for that hungry soul. I've been looking for that person that has a need and has a desire to see God. Come on, somebody. There they are. Tonight at the Fall Fest, it's going to be an attitude of, there they are. i got to connect to that person. I've got to see God do a miracle in that person. The values that are going to bring us to victory our love God If I say love God grow in faith serve others go make disciples would somebody say that with me love grow, serve, love, grow, serve, go brother Bill if you'll come help me a minute Bo I talked to you a little bit ago amen how many of you can be seated how many of you know that Denver's got a lot of problems as a city too many homeless people Too much drug addiction, amen, corruptions, things that are just, looks like we're facing a a walled city. How do we penetrate into the future and win the city? I can tell you how we're going to do it, we're going to believe God but however, whenever and I'm using Brother Bill as an example here when Israel came to the entering in of Canaan land, the spies went into the city, into the land they saw the giants they literally hid behind the rocks and they peered and they saw the giants and they, they, yeah, they, they tasted some of the fruit they brought back some of the promises but the overarching theme of their report the Bible says was an evil report let me preach to somebody the sinister difference between reality and unbelief because you'll tell people to say I'm just telling the truth but mixed in there is that spirit of unbelief that says God can't overcome this their marriage is too far gone. He's too much of a drug addict. He won't ever be saved. You don't know the history. Amen. You don't know the past. Uh, you don't know the future. Amen. That's the problem. You don't know the God who's able to make new beginnings out of horrible past. So I want, I want to do a little something here. Brother, Brother Bill, I'm not going to give him the mic. Amen. Although he's a great singer. Can somebody say Amen. But I want him to just start out loud telling us about the problems of Denver. But as he's giving an evil report, I want everybody in this congregation to shout with me our values. Love, grow, serve, go. Hang on, don't start yet. Now, I want you to really denigrate Denver. I want you to really tell us the truth about Denver. And you can say it with a loud voice, all right? On your mark, get set, talk to me about it. Love. Love grow, serve, go. Come on, Brother Bill. Talk up. Love, grow, serve, go. 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 I don't even know what he's saying, because all I can hear is God can do it. God can do it. God will do it. God will do it. Come on, somebody if you believe God can do it you need to drown out the unbelief I'm gonna sing a hallelujah louder than the unbelief would somebody shout to God with a voice of triumph My God, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Would you respond to the Holy Ghost right now? Would somebody lift up your voice right now? God's doing a work. God's doing a work. I'll be just a few more minutes. I got to tell you this. I wanna speak specifically to every person in this house. When you hear the devil in your ear telling you about your past, there needs to be a church, amen, that is shouting, our God can do anything. When sinners walk into this house, they need to hear the overarching message. God is able to do anything. I can't hear what the devil's saying because all I can hear is the voice of belief and faith in God. Woo, hallelujah, would you clap your hands? Let me preach a little bit further here. I won't be but a few more minutes. Jesus knew the propensity of the disciples to look back at his day and say if just if we could just get Jesus here amen all this mess would would work out and would be fixed Jesus pointed them to the future John 14 12 verily verily I say unto you he that believeth on me the works that I do shall he do also and greater works than these shall he do because I go to my father Jesus' message to his disciples was expect greater. You need to look at your neighbor and tell him expect greater. Amen. Expect greater. I got to tell you this. Amen. I've been looking for a truck. There's a place in our town in Jackson and the man's name is Phil. I think it's. Bill Moore, M-O-O-R-E, and so his his billboard says, "Expect more." Amen. At you know what you need to you need to tell the devil, "I'm expecting more. I'm expecting more God than the devil. I'm expecting more goodness than the bad. I'm expecting more faith than unbelief. I'm expecting blessings and not curses." Jesus in his word says the latter shall be greater than the former. Why? He's telling us look to the future. He's telling us that you've got to believe that God is able. Would somebody shout, God is able. I'm gonna want them to put on the screen Ephesians chapter three verse 14 through 20 in the New Living Translation. Let me read to you what Paul says. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong and may you have the power to understand as all God's people should how wide how long how high and how deep is his love for us may you then experience the love of Christ though it is too great to understand fully then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more, infinitely more than we might ask or think. My God, do you feel that? Now watch this, they're gonna put on the slide. Listen to these words, creator of everything. Glorious, unlimited resources, empower, inner strength, grow down into, keep you strong, power to understand. Go to the next one, amen. How wide, how long, how high, how deep, experience the love of Christ, made complete, fullness of life and power. He is able, accomplish infinitely more. What about those words is making God scared of your past? What of those words cause God to say, you brought me a problem I just can't work out? My God, think about that. Think in your mind right now, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a coworker. maybe it's a, a family member, and you're thinking about how bad their situation is. You're thinking about how deep into sin they actually are, witchcraft and voodoo and Ouija boards and adultery and homosexuality, and you're thinking about how messed up their life is. Now, you tell me what one of those will come to God, and God says... Today don't look like a good day because that's a real bad problem. None of those will cause God to shrink back. Why? Because he is able. He is trying to scream to you, your future is greater than your past. He's trying to thunder from the heavens that what God wants to do is greater than you can comprehend. I'm going to preface out of this church right now. You're going to need a bigger building very soon because it's going to be packed out with people that want to know about a God who tells them their future is greater than their past. They're coming, why? Because it's a message that says, come on somebody, God can do anything with anybody, anywhere. Would you lift your hands to God? Would you lift your voice to God right now? Would you begin to magnify? Would you begin to worship the mighty God of heaven right now? Would you begin to believe God that he is able? Would you begin to believe God that he is infinitely able? I wanna close, but let me preach to this congregation. God, you're not gonna look up one Sunday and the Apostle Peter's walking through the back door. Would somebody tell, would somebody just say this with me? He ain't coming. He ain't coming. He ain't coming. I love what God did through the Apostle Paul, but guess what? Somebody said, he, he ain't coming. Listen, even Moses, as great a man as Moses was, God used him to bring Israel out of Egypt, but when he died, God hid his body no funeral no memorial no wake why because God knew the propensity of people they would stop their forward progress and worship the man that brought them out of Egypt rather than the God that brought them out of Egypt and guess what when I die the will of God does not die with me it's passed it's passed to the next one it's given to the next one the baton of leadership is given why because the future is greater than the past thank you Moses thank you Peter thank you Paul but y'all not coming but I I'm ready to do the will of God. I will listen. How many of you have played that game in times past called Tag Your It? tag your. at me we used to do it play it and amen when you got hit typically you froze but I don't need anybody to freeze today it's not a time for inactivity it's a time for everybody to be active so we're fixing to give an altar call and it's going to start by tag you're it and I want everybody in the building who feels comfortable with a neighbor around you now if you don't know him and you look over and he looks real mean you might not ought to tag him what you going to do boy nothing sir, nothing, I'm getting away quick as I can, amen, so here's what we're going to do, what is God doing? God's not just preaching to you that your future is greater than your past. He's preaching to you that you are the future of the church of the living God. He's not bringing somebody from your past. He's waiting on you to step up and step out. Now, if you want to come to the altar, you got to tag somebody before you come. You got to say, tag, you're it. And then they can come, would you tag somebody, would you tag somebody, say tag your it, and then come to this altar, would you make your way right now, tag your it, you're it, you're God's choice, you're God's choice, come on somebody, would you tag somebody, and get down here as quick as you can, and lift your hands to heaven right now, and begin to call upon the name of the Lord. your it. Come on, get in as close as you can. Our future is greater than our past. Our future is greater than our past. Tag your it. Tag your it. Would you come down to this altar? Come on, that's it. Lift your voice to God right now. Lift your voice to God right now.